We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Matson. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we are sponsored by Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are our favorite clothing brand. You can also follow them on Twitter, or excuse me, Instagram, at SGLambchops. Comfortable clothing, stylish clothing, and you can get 20% off today with the promo code CANDLESTICK20 at SGLambchops.com. If looking dope is important to you, get And it should chops. be. <laughs> We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Cooper'sBrewing.com is the website. Go to that website. You can order beer, and they will ship a case of beer directly to your door. Whether you like Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA, whether you want Keg Slayer Double Dry Hopped IPA, whether you're into seltzers, or you're into lighter beers or darker beers, totally up to you. They have a huge selection at cooperagebrewing.com, and I've tried not all of them, but a lot of them, and I've yet to have a bad beer from Cooperage. So go to cooperage.com, cooperagebrewing.com, excuse me, and order yourself a case of beer. As long as you're over 21 and in the state of California, they'll ship a case of beer directly to your door. Do that right now, cooperagebrewing.com. All right. Brock Purdy is the front runner for MVP after week five. Let's talk about it. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. statement but i guess i probably should have asked you first chris i'm just over here just making declarations that you're tied to now do you think brock purdy's a front runner for mvp after five weeks because i think he is you know what after you said that i started googling the betting odds because i haven't actually looked at the betting odds Mm -hmm. um and i'm not sure that he is but in terms of like the the official numbers so this is just really good podcasting by me to start um but no i i think I really try to just in general avoid the hyperbole. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, um, I was very hesitant to even anoint Purdy before the season started as somebody who's like, 
you know, is he going to play at a higher level than last year? I think that's asking a lot. Is there a chance that he regresses? Um, absolutely. Uh, but after watching him play in Pittsburgh week one, I think I said after, you know, the first the first pod we did after that game was Purdy's playing at a high level. And if this continues, like we're going to start talking about him as somebody who's playing at a really high level and potentially becoming a really good quarterback more so than someone who is just in a system with really good weapons. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think through five games, it's absolutely come true because now Brock Purdy being an MVP candidate is like a serious discussion point. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You can do a whole podcast about it. We can do a whole podcast about it. So look here, here's how I view it. And, and you look around the league, who are the best teams, which players are are having the biggest impact on mm-hmm. those teams. I think through five games, I feel comfortable saying I think Brock Purdy is, is the MVP frontrunner. From this standpoint, right, the 49ers have been really good and gone to three NFC championship games in a row. Um, they've been con- considered a contending team by just about everybody uh, throughout those seasons. And I think the consensus has been that they're a quarterback away from being able to beat a team like the Kansas city chiefs more consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were sort of this juggernaut that was, that was just like really, really close to, to Mm -hmm. just being this team that nobody could beat because of the quarterback play. Well, now it appears they have that quarterback play. And if nobody can beat the 49ers, then if that's the team that you have to beat to win the Super Bowl, and that's the the favorite, the consensus favorite to win the Super Bowl right now, then I think the point is here that Brock Purdy is, in fact, the leading MVP candidate through five games of this season. Just just purely based on, like, what's what's the most valuable thing in the NFL? Winning the Super Bowl. Which team Mm -hmm. has the best chance to win the Super Bowl right now? It's the 49ers, I think we would all Mm -hmm. say. What was the thing that was holding the 49ers back from getting to that point in previous seasons, largely with the same supporting cast? It was our quarterback. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it like the quarterback is is the 49ers quarterback is ultimately the reason why you think that team is now the best bet to win the Super Bowl again through five weeks, then I think you have to say Brock Purdy is a leading candidate for MVP just because he is elevating a, what was already a juggernaut to a Super Bowl favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it, all the numbers back it up, whether or not, and look, MVP is a completely different discussion than who's the best quarterback or who's the most talented quarterback or which quarterback mm-hmm. would you take, right? Like the MVP mm-hmm. is really a narrative award and that's not like a new thought or anything, but it's it's a narrative award in the sense of like, who's telling the story of the season. And so yep. far, I think it's Brock Purdy because the 49ers are clearly the best team and they're the best team because the quarterback is elevating them to a place where they haven't really been before. Yeah, it starts with the position because you can say Christian McCaffrey. That was an argument that uh, Doug Farrar from the Touchdown Wire, I, I, I do stuff with him. And he more or less said, well, Purdy's not even the most valuable player on his team. And Doug has an MVP vote, by the way. And I would, I kind of accept that argument, but Christian McCaffrey, with what we know about the MVP award, unless he rushes for 2,000 yards and scores 30 touchdowns, he's not going to get votes. 
it's become a quarterback award. So Purdy has that going for him. And then you have to also consider that, okay, Steven Ruiz is one of the most popular guys on, on, on 49ers Twitter right now. He's, he's got Brock Purdy right <laughs> 22nd. Popular. <laughs> yeah. Least, least popular is what I was looking for. Uh, most discussed. No, but he has pretty as like his 22nd ranked quarterback and more or less says that, you know, he's trying to rank quarterbacks based on how they'd look in a league average offense. Like, okay, sure, man. What? Like, that's fine. But guess what? Most voters aren't grinding tape heavy to figure out which quarterback has better timing on in-breaking routes between Brock Purdy and, and Justin Herbert. Like, that's just, they're going to go, okay, what team has the best record? Do they have a guy who could be the best player? And so they're going to look at the 49ers and they're going to look at Brock Purdy, who is right now. And again, this is just through week five. He is second in the league in completion rate. He is eighth in the league in passing yards. He is seventh in, or excuse me, tied for seventh in touchdowns. He is fourth in touchdown percentage. He doesn't have an interception yet. Uh, he is, if you're into success rate, he is first in success rate, according to a pro football reference. And he is second in yards per attempt. And he's leading the uh, league in quarterback rating and QBR. He's top 10 in Every stat that if you're a voter and you just go through and you start sorting stats, he's top 10 in all of them on the best team in the league or excuse, one of the best teams in the league. And if they wind up as the one or two seed in the NFC, which it seems like they're on track to do, and they have a quarterback who ranks in the top five or 10 in every major statistical category, he's probably going to win the MVP. He's on pace to go throw for like 4,300 yards and 31 touchdowns. If he does that, on a 14 and three football team that is the number one seed in their conference. Unless Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes is on the one seed or Tua Tonga Vailoa and they throw for 5,500 yards and 48 touchdowns and okay. But if everything tracks how it's going through five weeks, I would honestly be surprised if Purdy didn't win it. Like if you just, and you can't just extrapolate out over 18 weeks, right? Like things are going to go up and down and, and whatnot. But we're talking about through week five. I don't think there's anybody in the NFL right now that checks those boxes more than Purdy. Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman went on TV this week. um, Basically making the same point we are and, and talking about how, people often use Brock Purdy's weapons as an argument against him. And bananas, which is, which is, yeah, it's kind of crazy to me because every great quarterback has weapons, right? Tom Brady had Gronk. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. Steve Young also had Jerry Rice. Tua Tagovailoa Mm -hmm. has Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and an absurd offense. Also like a pretty similar system um, to the one Kyle Shanahan runs. Thanks to Mike McDaniel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Josh Allen has digs. Um, Kirk Cousins has Jefferson, right? Like you can go down the list, basically every single productive quarterback in the league. And I'm not saying all these guys are MVP candidates, but basically every good quarterback in the league has weapons. Mm-hmm. So I don't view it as like, okay, who's doing the most with, with the least. Like I, I, I hate that sports argument where, 
you know, the only way we give somebody credit is if they're in a terrible situation and have terrible teammates, and then they drag that situation to a Super Bowl win. Like I just, it happens with NBA discussions and it happens with um, NFL discussions all the time. And it's like, it's dumb, man. It's dumb. Like, are we really going to consider Jerry Rice less than the greatest receiver of all time? Because he had Bill Walsh calling plays for Joe Montana and getting him the ball. Like, I just, I refuse to, I refuse to buy that logic. So, and we've seen quarterbacks in this system with these exact players before not play at nearly this level that Brock Purdy is. So no, I'm not saying that Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the league. And I'm not saying if we're drafting all the quarterbacks in the NFL that I take that I'm taking him first overall, but in the scope of the NFL and where it is right now, and given the MVP is a narrative award, you look at the narrative of the league. It's always been, man, the Niners are just a quarterback away from contending. Well, they have their quarterback and they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. And there's nothing more valuable than that. So therefore that quarterback is the most valuable player in the league right now, because he's the one who basically has the Super Bowl trophy in his hands. If he continues to play this well in the playoffs. And obviously this, it's a long way to go. Like I'm not saying the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl right now because they have Brock Purdy. When, when you're Mm -hmm. talking about value, the most valuable thing in the league is winning the Super Bowl. Right. And this guy changes the way we have to look at all of the contending teams because he's elevated the 49ers to a point where they haven't been yet. Right. And they've been so good in the past, but it's like, man, if they just had a quarterback, they would win a Super Bowl. Well, now it looks like they have that quarterback. Yeah. And he's doing enough. It's not like he's completing 65% of his throws and he's got a bunch of guys going up and winning 50-50 balls and it's just you're just waiting for disaster to strike. That's not what this is. Does does having good receivers help? Yeah, but like he's still throwing into a lot of tight windows. He's still making a lot of good throws on the run and moving around the pocket and getting onto his second and third reads and pushing the ball down the field effectively. This isn't a dink and dunk offense. So... I, I I understand if you know you're a hardcore tape watcher and you're going well the ball placement on this on this route against the Giants could have been better because that goes to what you were just saying like okay yeah maybe there are 15 quarterbacks in the league who would place that ball better okay but there aren't 15 quarterbacks in the league top to bottom week in and week out playing better than Brock Purdy is right and that's at the at the and you know we try and wrap our our arms around okay if everybody was in a league average offense who would be the best i don't know i don't know I, sure it's it's mahomes <laughs> but fun, guess the what good, like we don't have to like that's the thing like why do we right. have why does that it's matter it's a very separate discussion that frankly does not matter it does like it, it in the scope of if you want to do that for content it, it's an interesting exercise and I, i'm with it but if you're trying to assess who the best teams are, who the MVP candidates are, and who the best players are within the scope of the 2023 NFL season, you have to take everything into account. I don't care what Brock Purdy would look like on the Steelers. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Um, I, I think Pro yeah. Football Focus is Brock Purdy is the eighth highest graded quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um among qualified quarterbacks, obviously. And I think that's about right. 
Like if you were to if you were to ask me where I think Brock Purdy ranks among all of the quarterbacks, just if you're isolating quarterback play, that's I think PFF kind of has it has, has hit the nail on the head here with where they grade him. You know, mm-hmm. Jared Goff is first. I think he's Jared Goff's playing at a super high level. I'm not going to pretend like I've watched every Jared Goff throw and broken down the tape, but that makes sense to me. It goes Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, Matthew Stafford, and then Brock Purdy. And I think that's fair, but I think you can acknowledge also that given the MVP is a narrative award, that he can be the eighth, like you can rank him eighth in terms of the way he's played this year among all other quarterbacks and also say by definition, he's a leading MVP candidate because of where the 49ers are. And that's not to say like him being the MV, the leading MVP candidate in week five doesn't mean I think he's a hall of famer necessarily. Doesn't mean I think he's an elite top five quarterback from here on out. And the, the next best thing since Steve young, right that the 49ers have had like hey i think he is though (laughs) he might be but look like we've seen like nick Foles have great years right like guys like nick Foles. he had a nice run well even with the eagles before he won the super bowl like he had that chip kelly season where it was like man this guy's putting up crazy statistical numbers right like we've seen one-year wonders from quarterbacks where it's like, oh, this guy's the next thing, and then it doesn't last beyond a season. Like that, we say it over and over again on this pod. The guys that separate themselves as elite quarterbacks are the guys that do it year after year after year. Exactly. We've seen Brock Purdy now do it in a small sample size of five games last year and five games this year. And he's he's definitely looked a lot better this year than he did last year. And he was a hell of a lot better Sunday against the Cowboys than he was last year against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the trajectory would say that Brock Purdy might be the best thing the 49ers have had since Steve Young. But we've also seen in NFL history, quarterbacks rise and fall very quickly. Carson Wentz did it a couple years ago. Yep. Right? With the Eagles. When he was an MVP candidate before he got hurt in, what was that, 20... 20- 17 your guy case keenum case keenum was awesome in 2017 with with the vikings when he took over the starting job and went on that playoff run and had the minnesota miracle so like the thing for me though is the thing for me though is but no i'm I'm not saying like what brock purdy's doing is unsustainable or that he's he there's no chance he's not like in a, a hall of fame quarterback maybe he is but I'm just sure. saying this saying he's the leading MVP candidate through five games is not anointing him to that level because that's right. a different yes. discussion. I agree. But two, both things can be true. We can't anoint him as a hall of famer yet, but we can say mm-hmm. through five games, he's the leading MVP candidate in the NFL. I was just going back and looking after you brought up Nick Foles. He started 10 games in 2013. He threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions it was at 9.1 yards per attempt and a 119.2 rating. He had an 86.2 rating for his entire career. And he had 119.2 in, in 10 starts in 2013. That's so crazy. Yeah. So like we, we see it happen all the time that like mm-hmm. there's like quarterbacks can feel like, oh, they they've broken the game. And then that that eventually goes away. And again, 
I'm not saying what Brock Purdy's doing is not sustainable. I'm just pointing out that there's a difference between this guy's going to be amazing for the next 15 years versus he's the leading MVP candidate of the league for five games. That's all. Yeah. He's going to be amazing for the next 15 years. And, and Hey, based on the kind of general MVP equation that's been laid out over the last decade or so, he's the front runner. Cause that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. it's just, if he throws for 430 yards and 30 touchdowns on a, on a 14 win team, hey, you're, you're going to win the MVP, man. Well, for 4,300. Yeah. What did you I say? You said 430. He'll need well, a few too. more than 430. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 430 400, again. 430 yards and 30 touchdowns would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the Niners is just the best rushing team in history. You know what is funny, though? Like A lot of one-yard uh, touchdown passes. Niners run the ball at the highest rate in the league. They run the Did ball it? in 54% of their plays. Number one, fewest passes – or fewest – Let's see. Fewest hey, I have, I, passes I know per game here. and fewest it, pass and lowest pass percentage. I'm pissed. I predicted before the year that the, that Kyle Shanahan, because he clearly has this trust in Brock Purdy, they were going to be like a top half team in pass attempts. Mm. Like they were going to finish, you know, because they they're regularly like 26, 27. I think in the in the four, three years that they've gone to the playoffs under Shanahan, they've been like 29th or, or lower in pass attempts. And so I went, I went into this year. I'm going, I bet they're going to throw it like quite a bit, but they're blowing everybody out and just salting away games for a quarter and a half <laughs> at the end of every game. And so they're running it at the highest rate and throwing it at the lowest rate. That makes me mad because my take is right, but it couldn't look more wrong, which is you gotta really break that down. Like, live in. You got to break that down like first game through script. third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm not going to do though is go look that up because that sounds like a <laughs> lot of work. <laughs> we'll get Josh Dubow no, in the do. case, friend of the yeah. pod. Yeah, I know they do. I know there's, there's <laughs> sites that chart, like they take game script out of it. So it's like the first three quarters and then, you know, no point where it's a two score game or something like that and basically make it make it free of the potential blowout. But anyways, Hey, it's Kyle Madsen with candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the blue wire podcast network. And I'm here to talk to you about my new favorite thing about football season. And that's prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's easy, exciting. And that's my two favorite things to have in daily fantasy football. It's, There's quick withdrawals. It's easy gameplay. There's so many selections of players and stat types that make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And I know you're probably worried about like daily fantasy sports. Oh, there's pros and there's sharks and there's all these people that dedicate their lives to just winning a daily fantasy. Well, no, no, no. This is just you. You pick more than or less than on two to six players to create an entry. And those two to six players, you pick more than or less than on their stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. It is so easy, and PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. There's like Taco Tuesday, where every Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25%. That gives you even more value. And my very favorite part of all of this, PrizePix offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So... 
Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. You can jump in and get Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, George Kittle. Slam the more than and root like heck for those guys to go more than those projections. It's, I'm telling you. It's the very best way to consume football. So prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I'm going to sit yeah, here I, in my rightness, even though the numbers tell me I'm wrong. But do you agree that like, like looking at PFF's grades, that Brock Purdy being the uh, number eight in terms of like, quarterback grade for the season feels about right like i feel like if we're just separating not even having the mvp discussion but like where he is among the other quarterbacks in terms of the way he's playing does eight feel right to you because i think about eight feels right to me yeah 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 within the scope of their offense in this year yes because there's there's God, maybe even yeah no i think that's probably right yeah yeah i feel good about eight and honestly so so Steven Ruiz ranked him 22nd and I didn't even hate that it's better than 32nd so so right you went from 32 to like 29 to 25 and I was up to 22 but I'm always of the mind and I've been I've been I've thought this for a long time okay so keep in mind that Purdy is 22nd Steven still includes Tom Brady and he has Kyler Murray in there so let's remove those two that moves Brock to 20 out of the starter of the starting quarterbacks this year. Let me pull up Steven's rankings. And I don't even hate that because I've always been of the mind that it's Patrick Mahomes one. Okay. He's in a tier by himself. Then there's a, a tier below him of like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, that kind of group. Okay. And then pick your favorite names. I don't care. The names aren't important. But then there's a third tier that is huge. And that's the like number 14 through 22-ish quarterbacks. Maybe 20. 14 through 20. And you can jumble them up however you want. And I will buy whatever order you throw them in. You can nitpick here and there with certain guys. But some guys are going to have their pros. Some guys are going to have their cons and... Ultimately, you're not going to get much different result from any guy in that group. And if Brock Purdy's in that group, I think that's probably right. I think that's through five games this year. That's where he's played himself to. And that group is the, and this is going to offend a bunch of people. So sorry. That's the Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. I, I'm not putting Jimmy in that group anymore. He's been he's been not so good this year. But that that group that type of player, Derek Carr. Where, okay, if you want to tell me that Brock Purdy is above all those guys and, and in that, uh, Jared Goff, I think, is in that tier, Tua, where, okay, he might be above those guys, but they're in the same kind of range. Like, I don't know how much better or worse the Niners offense looks with Derek Carr instead of Brock Purdy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though I would take Brock Purdy over Derek Carr right now. Yeah. But he's in that tier to me now. Well, at least he's above Mac Jones now. He way above. And well, Mike in Ruiz's is... rankings, Mac Jones is twenty fourth. Right. 
and Brock's 22nd. Um, so he has Ruiz has Watson 21st. Brock's better right now. Yes. Daniel Jones 20th. Brock's, Brock's better. better. CJ Stroud is 19th. Dude. I mean, right now I would take I would take Brock, but Stroud is having a, I, a great rookie season. I don't know if I would. CJ Stroud's <laughs> sick, dude. <Okay>. Derek <laughs> Carr, give me Brock all day over Derek Carr. Yes. Give me yes. Brock all day over Russell Wilson. Give me Brock yeah. all day over Ryan Tannehill. Jared right. Goff's 15. Based on the that's season where I he's stop. having. Yeah, that's probably where I stop. I take Brock over Kirk Cousins right now. Would you? Uh, yeah. Kirk's playing really well, dude. Yeah, I'm just sort of out on Cousins. Like I've okay, I, I've seen fair. I've seen big games and I've seen playoff games. And it's like, okay. can you win a Super Bowl with him? I Okay. No, that's that's you know what? That's fair. That's a fair that's a fair argument to make. And I, nice we talked season, about this. But... We talked about this last. We talked about this last week or last last episode. But there's something to be said for just not being a shithead. And it feels like that's what some of the guys that you're talking about, where they kind of fall. But he, but with Cousins, it's not even about that. It's just like I. There's no way I can trust Kirk Cousins to win a game in a big spot. And I trust Purdy to win a game in a big spot right now more than I do Cousins. Okay. I'll buy that. Um, Joe Burrow, I'll take Burrow. Uh, I'll take Brock 10 times out of 10 over Kyler Murray right now. Uh, Kyler Murray might might factor into what you're talking about. Um, Tua, I don't know, kind of a watch. Tua, the 99-yard pick six that Rory's talking about? Because Tua threw a long-ass pick six that was not good. Yeah. Or maybe Daniel Jones. I didn't see it. Tua, I, I think Tua and Brock probably a wash right now, in my mind. Tom Brady, I mean, what are we that's doing? He's one, retired. That's the one. The Tua thing is the one I, and maybe that's where my knowledge of the nuances of playing quarterback just, you know, leaves me short in this discussion. That's fine. But why does Tua not get the exact same critique as Brock Purdy? It's a great question. It's I think he might. Because, like, the coach, Tua, the Tua but non wars. Tua, then, but then why is Tua 11 in this ranking? Well. And Purdy's 22. Yeah, Nobody, maybe it's a sample hear, size thing. I'm not sure. I don't hear anything about Tua's supporting cast or Mike McDaniel being this offensive genius. You hear that Mike McDaniel took what Tua did well and crafted an offense around that, but like, isn't that the whole point? Like, it, I don't get it. I don't. Ruiz get it. Ruiz ranks Dak Prescott ninth. We've seen Brock outplay Dak twice in big games. I would I I'm holding off my opinions on Dak because his two head coaches have been Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. And I think Dak is super talented and I think he's being held back by bad coaching. I would agree. So but I am he's... withholding my my judgment on him, but I'm not going to argue for now. I agree, but also like he he potentially could be the rising tide that lifts all boats like a quarterback has, does have that power. And we haven't mm-hmm. seen it from him. So I I said it before the Niners Cowboys game that Brock was definitely having a better season than Dak. Mm-hmm. If we're ranking them based on talent, I don't know, man, but like, it's hard for me to ever put Dak over or, or not ever, but it's hard for me to put Dak over Brock right now. Yeah. Especially given what we just saw on Sunday. What we just saw. Maybe it's recency bias. Maybe I'm not the factoring the, in. The Niners put their backups in. And I was watching, I go, oh, they're going to score a couple times and make this look closer than it is. That's annoying. And then he threw a pick to Oren Burks. Right. 
Like, oh, Jesus. Jalen Hurts is eighth. Take Brock over Jalen Hurts? Nah. All right, now. Yeah, I mean, he was really good last season. And what he does with his legs is really special. I think Jalen's better, dude. Yeah, I would agree. But Brock's been a better passer this year. Like, without question. I could see Kyle Shanahan taking Brock Purdy over Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I would. Yeah, I mean, you can have a similar conversation with Jalen Hurts and, like, the system and the running game and the offensive line and mm-hmm. AJ Brown and Devontae. But nobody Smith. does. But nobody does. But nobody because does. people want to see Jalen Hurts succeed. I'm telling you, if sure. Brock was a third round pick, if everything was exactly the same and Brock went in the third round, none of these discussions would be happening. None of them. <laughs> right. If Brock, if Trey Lance was doing what Brock did, he he would be. It, it would be like completely ridiculous how he's talked about. Is Trey Lance going to be the best player of all time? Justin Fields isn't doing what Brock is doing, and it's ridiculous how he gets talked right. about. Ruiz has Geno Smith seventh. Sure, I'm taking man. Brock over Geno. Sorry. Uh, Geno's played some good ball. He wasn't good in the second half of last year. I mean, he's fine, but there's I'm not I'm just not taking Geno over Brock right now. Yeah. So Stafford, Stafford's got pelts on the wall. Won a Super Bowl, you know what's talented, you know what's funny you know what's funny that. to me hmm. is if Geno Smith had signed with the Niners last year and just done exactly what he did, nobody would be ranking Geno Smith seventh. They'd be making him twenty fifth and going, <laughs> "Well, look at his weapons and look at Kyle Shanahan." Like God, that's true. So, so then, Trevor Lawrence fifth, Lamar Jackson fourth, Justin Herbert third, Josh Allen second, Patrick Mahomes first. So. I think Again, Shanahan this is... would take all of those guys over Purdy except for Lamar. Yeah, I agree. I think Shanahan would, not what I would do. I think that's what Kyle Shanahan would do. So per like Ruiz's rankings, I would I would throw Brock probably around seventh. Whoa. Or maybe eighth. Maybe eighth above above Gino, but below Hertz. I don't know. I'd like Gino to me is far closer to twenty second than Seven. <laughs> yeah, but have you seen his arm strength and his willingness to be daring down the field? But like I, I so the this is the difference between like the pure talent conversation and like divorcing the player from his surroundings and just like what like who's playing the best football right now. Mm-hmm. And just I don't one thing Ruiz wrote and and like I don't think what he's said has been like awful or like completely boneheaded or whatever. Like, no, I think he's coming from a place of reason, but when he says things like, well, Brock's still not making great decisions and he's basing that on the tape. Like I would love to know if like what Kyle Shanahan's like what the reads are before I'm judging mm-hmm. Brock's decision-making. Mm-hmm. Because there have been a lot of times where it's like Christian McCaffrey's wide open in the flat, and that's early in the progression, and Brock just hits it mm-hmm. rather than making like allowing the progression to go further and then seeing George Kittle open deeper down the field. Like, that's I... happened a handful of times this year, and it's easy to say, like, oh, he missed a huge gain from Kittle. But if he's being coached to get rid of the ball quickly, 
And if Christian McCaffrey, who's the best running back in the NFL, is open and Kyle Shanahan is saying, hey, if he's open, just give him the ball, mm-hmm. then how am I going to say he's making bad decisions by not going further through his read and hitting George Kittle down the field? I think a lot of it is preconceived notion. And here's here's why. Because when Patrick Mahomes drills a throw into a tight window, it is look at his arm strength. Oh, my God. How did he fit that throw in? That's crazy. When Brock Purdy does it, it is that's a bad decision and his receiver bailed him out. And I don't know how you get, just determine those two things outside of like one man throw hard, the other don't. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of what it seems like it comes down to. So maybe maybe there's something that I'm missing, but I, like I said, I'm not under the the illusion that that Brock Purdy is in the Patrick Mahomes tier or even Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or whatever, but he's very clearly good. And he's yeah. very clearly elevating the offense and very clearly doing things that go outside of three-step drop, hit this slant, five-step drop, hit this deep crosser. Like there's just, there's so much more going on than that. And if you're going to, if you're going to prop up Kyle Shanahan as a, or hold up, I should say prop up, hold up Kyle Shanahan as an offensive genius in this mastermind. He has a quarterback that on third and 14, they are throwing it 25 yards down the field and he trusts his quarterback to do that. And they're going for it on fourth and four and throwing it because he trusts his quarterback to do that. Yeah. It never looked like this with Jimmy Garoppolo or any other quarterback that Kyle Shanahan's had since he got to San Francisco. No. It looked like this with Matt Ryan, who in fact won the MVP in 2016. Mm-hmm. So. Matt Ryan's another, hey, Sneaky like had a great year and then never had another great year. Matt Ryan. Yeah. It was like a, he got older and Shanahan left. and yeah, He was pretty good, but never great again. But were we like, oh, can, can Matt Ryan really, really be MVP with Julio Jones as his topper target? You know what I mean? Like, no. how ridiculous Not does that sound? It's <laughs> so I, that's 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 the thing. Like I, I just cannot. If you're if the argument is, look at his weapons. Like show me where it's just, it's just bubble screens and it's just things where his weapons are bailing him out. Because that's not like you watch them closely at like you watch them all. You only have to watch closely. You can say, oh, Brock Purdy's making great throws to great weapons. Right? It's not Brock Purdy's dumping the ball off and the weapons are doing all the work. He's making right. great throws to his great great weapons. Right. Yeah, so, I don't I, I'm I'm confused on this this just notion that he's he's throwing the ball all over the place and his receivers are constantly bailing him out. And does that happen now and then? Yeah, but it that happens all the time. Right. With every quarterback. It'd be like saying like Steph Curry can never be as good as LeBron, and I'm not I'm not trying to equate Brock Purdy to Steph Curry because that's like a different thing. Oh no, I'm there, Steph Purdy. Let's go, <laughs> Steph Purdy. But like, imagine being like looking at the Steph LeBron conversation, being like Steph can never be better than LeBron because he'll never rebound like him. <laughs> he'll never he'll never be able to defend big men like LeBron can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you can yeah, impact. You, you don't have to be six eight 
Yeah. And like an Adonis to be a great basketball player. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to have a rocket arm and insane athleticism to be a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just going to, it's going to be as the year goes on and it becomes more and more clear because I think Purdy is getting better. Like I thought the, I thought Dallas on Sunday night was the best game he's played just in yep. terms of just creating stuff outside of structure and accurate down the field, the throw he made to Ayuk, and I'm not, this is not a Kyle original thought. Everybody listening probably has, has thought about this or, or heard this, but the throw he made to Ayuk that didn't count, the one that got called back for holding was sick. Yeah. Like that's a deep out from the far hash and he dropped it in a bucket and gave Ayuk room up the sideline to run. Like that's a dot that not every quarterback is is throwing. Yeah. And he's just going to continue getting better like that. And if there's a, I was all worried about regression this year. If he's going to just keep getting better, it's going to become harder and harder to justify. Like, well, he doesn't. I watched the tape and he doesn't do anything. That's just false. Like that's. I just think wrong. that's just yeah. If to it, if you watch the tape and you say he doesn't do anything, I think that's just a lazy. Uh, I think that's just lazy analysis. I mean, I. Look, the thing that's most impressive to me, and it's going to sound like I'm regurgitating, <laughs> I'm regurgitating JT O'Sullivan, but like, Dirty. I think JT's completely on the money when he talks about the anticipation, the precision, the decision making. Like, he's not, like, he's just playing at a high level. The fact that he's making throws 20, 25 yards down the field and starting mm-hmm. his throws before receivers break into their like break on their routes and he's hitting them in stride and allowing allowing them to make yards after the catch and some of them are going just above the fingertips of Leighton Van Der Esch or like in really There's small windows throws. yeah like it's you know it it can be it can be high level football without having Patrick Mahomes arm it just can and so like at some point that'll be accepted and I think more broadly too, there's like the the idea that like we can't anoint anybody till they win a Super Bowl. Like that's part of the discussion too. Yeah, that's fair. Unless it's Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow. <laughs> sure, but they have bigger sample size. If Brock Purdy does this for three Patrick or four Gr- seasons, <laughs> then then it'll be like okay, Brock Purdy is like the outlier guy who's doing it with without the skill set. It's already gotten lost, and again, I think we brought this up last pod, but it's already gotten lost that this was the final pick in the draft last year coming off catastrophic elbow injury or a catastrophic elbow injury. <laughs> he's doing all this. He's doing all this, and people are like, sucks. Like, what? <laughs> what are we doing, man? This is incredible. He's way better than I thought he would be. He's way better than I thought he would be. Dude, I was – you guys all know. I was – very wrong on what he was going to look like this year. I, I watched all of training camp in 2022. And I know for a fact, I'm not the only one who watched training camp and be like, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy's he's, he's like the definition of a practice squad guy. He's like your late round pick small. Like he's, he's a practice. Like he was completing some passes, but it, it was nothing about it seemed like impressive. And like, I, like I know for a fact, I'm not the only one who was not impressed with Brock Purdy early on in training camp, and then all of a sudden, he's making the team over Nate Sudfeld, who we just assumed would be the second string. I, I 
or third string quarterback once Jimmy Garoppolo was brought back. Yeah. And then Brock Purdy comes in and just balls. I'll never forget that, dude. It, it was during the, the second preseason game against Minnesota. And I just, I was with everybody else. It's Trey Lance, and then it's Jimmy Garoppolo, and then it's Nate Sudfeld. Those are the quarterbacks. Da, da, da. And then, like, third quarter of the second preseason game, Greg Pop on the TV broadcast just goes, yeah, there's a battle for the third QB spot with Brock Purdy and Nate Sudfeld. Like, <laughs> what? Like, what is he talking about? And then, dude, sure enough, they cut Nate Sudfeld. Bananas. Before that game, I went on Papa's show on KMBR, and he asked me what I thought about the idea that Brock Purdy would be competing with Nate Sudfeld. And I was just like, I haven't heard that, and I don't see it. <laughs> I said that on TV. <laughs> and he asked me fully, like, he, I don't know exactly where Greg Papa gets his information. I'm guessing it's about as close to the source as it gets. If it's not from the source itself, i.e. Kyle Shanahan, I would be John Lynch or if it's not one of those two guys. <laughs> so he asked me that question, and immediately in my head, I'm like, "God damn it! I have not heard this." <laughs> and I'm on the radio in San Francisco. I'm like, "You know what? I haven't heard it. Like they guaranteed Nate Sudfeld a decent amount of money. Like I, I haven't heard that yet, but." I was wrong. Papa was right, of course. And Papa's always been right. And uh <laughs> Rory in our YouTube chat like, says Chris that's going to end up in a 30 for Purdy. That's maybe, great. Maybe. I hope they uh reach out for consent first so I don't have, you know, I at least can, can Hey, they reach out they're like, "Hey, we're going to play this cut." And you're like, "Nope." <laughs> I will um, not be associated. No, Chris he's been way be better. He's been for this documentary. Mm -hmm way better than I thought he would be. I've been, you know, like I was as staunch a defender of Trey Lance's, I feel like as anybody early on. Mm -hmm. And I, it wasn't, it was less about Purdy and more about like what I thought Lance could be. And it's mm -hmm. pretty clear that he just hasn't played football and he's not going to get an opportunity to play football to get to that level. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man. This is this is like defying everything. That's probably what's so fascinating about it is it just kind of defies everything we've learned about football the last like decade or so. Yeah. And that's that's the lesson here is like just because you know, and I think we've said this before, but like just because most of the other great quarterbacks in the league have elite physical traits doesn't mean that's the only way a quarterback can be elite. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is so convention, like so against what like the natural convention is, or we think the convention is right now, like that's, it's hard to believe, but like, this is what's cool about sports. Like stuff happens that you don't foresee. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying Brock Purdy is going to be Steph Curry, but nobody saw Steph Curry becoming arguably the best point guard ever when he was drafted in 2009. I certainly didn't. Don Nelson I went to did. cover Steph Curry's summer league for KMBR, and they're like, yeah, write about whether or not he can play point guard. <laughs> <laughs> they're still There's writing about that. Picking the draft behind Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. <laughs> you know, so like these crazy things happen where it's like totally unforeseen. And because it's unforeseen, I think it all like confirmation bias prevents us 
from like thinking that it's possible. <laughs> you just compared Steph Curry, the seventh pick in the draft, or sixth pick, sixth pick, seventh pick, seventh, seventh pick in the draft, to Brock Birdie, who is the final pick in the draft. No, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of like the same conversations as to why Steph couldn't be considered among the game's best when he was first coming up. Mm-hmm. I feel like are applicable to Purdy because neither of them were like physically impressive. And I'm yeah. not saying Purdy's going to become an all-time great like Steph. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like Steph was, you know, had to be was in discussion with LeBron and KD and whoever else, right? Like all these big giant physical more traditional type of superstars in the NBA. And it's similar in that we discount Brock or Brock is largely discounted because he doesn't have those same physical traits that other quarterbacks have. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Now he just needs to revolutionize the sport. He's not going to revolutionize the sport. I promise you that. Title of this episode is Chris compares Brock Purdy to Steph Curry. Brock Purdy, comma, Steph Curry, question mark. (laughs) We'll see. <laughs> Talk soon. My favorite my favorite Twitter thing that happens during a game is looks like the Colts are running more two tight end sets. We'll see if that continues. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we're all doing. We're just sitting here seeing. <laughs> we don't it's implied. Yeah. You could end every single newspaper story with time we'll will see. tell. We'll see. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Can't well, argue with that. Shall last, see. last, last real quick to, thing. Shout out to our friend Tracy. <laughs> last, <laughs> last quick thing here before we go. I didn't realize this until I wrote about it today. Nick Bosa just very quietly DPOY level again. So explain because he only has what? Two, what, he's credited sacks? with his one and a half sacks. One and a half sacks. Seems yeah. like a low amount to be DPO, DPOY, Kyle. Explain. Glad you said that. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I appreciate that question. No, so he's fourth. He's tied for fourth in the NFL in pressures. He is first in hits. He is the highest graded defender uh, at, at every position by Pro Football Focus. He's also the second highest graded uh run defending edge player behind I think it's Miles Garrett. Um he's first or second in pass rush grade. He's just like you go and you start looking at all the peripheral stats and it's just like, oh, he's he's just right there again. Like he's yeah, he's not completing sacks, but he's leading the league in quarterback hits by far. And it's like, okay, eventually those are going to turn into sacks. But I think part of the issue is Javon Hargrave. And teams are so dedicated to getting the ball out quick now. The Niners as a team only have 13 sacks. And I think it's partly because of what you saw against the Rams in the first half, what you saw against the Giants, what you saw against the Cowboys, where teams are not even going to try and go over the top. It's just don't let the quarterback get killed. So I'm not going to believe it, everybody. I'm not going to believe it until I see Nick Bosa play on a terrible defense with no supporting cast. Should we do the Nick Bosa, George Kittle thing? <laughs> yeah, Nick Bosa didn't play. Yeah. 
you know, like you think the Niners would be smart enough to half him up on the Hector 46, but <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> you know how you can tell that that the holdout is hurting Nick Bosa? The 49ers traded for Randy Gregory to replace him. <laughs> 49ers clearly concerned with Nick Bosa's lack of production that they had to go get Randy Gregory. Are you? Do you think they regret giving him the contract and wish they had given it to Cleveland Furl instead? Right. Is this your king? <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, Drake Jackson, twice as many sacks as Nick Bosa this year. Right, right. It's just yeah. a fact. All right. Yeah. I'm going to get out of here. I have to go to bed, how many dude. DP, hey, how many how many defensive player of the years has Nick Bosa won without Fred Warner on his team? And the C3 carry one. Zero. <laughs> Mike Trout. <laughs> Look, Hassan Ridgeway in the building, Nick Bosa DPOY. Hassan Ridgeway leaves. One and a half sacks through five games. Yikes. Pacing for <laughs> Four and a half sacks. <laughs> <laughs> if Nick Bosa had four hey, and a half si- sacks, that would be a problem. Samson Abukam didn't leave. He's just wearing number 97 now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, all right. Nick Bosa, good player. Why not just re-sign Charles Amenahu and Samson Abukam instead of paying Nick Bosa all that money? You want to talk about who's not playing? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Anyways. Nick Post is a good player. Welcome to the bit, Nick. I love I love <laughs> I love the idea of needing to justify Nick Bosa being good with like peripheral analytics. <laughs> <laughs> now you may not think Nick Bosa is good, but let me give you some numbers. Right. I think Nick Bosa is Nick Bosa the most boring player on the Niners to talk about. Like he's so good that it's like, what do we what do we say? Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey's there too, though. Yeah. Where <laughs> I mean, McCaffrey can like do like score touchdowns a bunch of different ways, right? But yeah. It's like, oh, there he is, just dominating the edge again. Oh, there's. We, we, <laughs> is this going to become like a hand placement and like leverage it's... pod? <laughs> <laughs> the way he flips his hips to set the right. edge. Right. Yeah. So just the get off. <laughs> Let's just talk about his get off the whole time. Can we not? 45 minutes. <laughs> it's the X rated version. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Talking about his get off. Welcome to Candle Dick Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Off oh, the rails. That should get cut out. We um, have that on the podcast. <laughs> we appreciate everyone for hanging on the YouTube stream. Um, if you haven't, checked out our youtube channel yet search candles to chronicles podcast on youtube you'll find us where we stream here uh if you are watching on youtube and you don't subscribe to the podcast that's probably unlikely but please subscribe to the podcast uh five star reviews uh like buttons notification bell clicks all of those things super important to the channel um so we uh we appreciate everybody and hopefully we can uh we can keep growing this youtube youtube thing and uh you know, get, get, get the content out to more, to more audiences. And that's Kyle's cat. Which cat is that? That's Patrick. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Willis, everybody. Making we had Patrick Willis on the pod and I was going to tell him that I had a cat named after him and I bitched out. <laughs> I don't know how that would have went. I don't either. So I didn't do it. That was probably, 
I think in terms like we've had great guests on the episode, like not to, you know, not to like brag, but we've had like Jerry Rice and um, George Kittle's George been Kittle. on. Kyle Juszczyk's Kyle been Juszczyk. on. Debo Samuel's oh, been on. Just, just going to be a star now. Um, but I think Patrick Willis's appearance. What was that? 20. 2021. Yeah, go back, is... go, go back and search. I'll do a search for it. But I'm ninety five percent sure it was twenty one. If you didn't listen to the Patrick Willis on the pod, he was awesome. He was such a good guest, such a nice dude. Um, and yeah, man, that was uh, that was might be. I mean, we do a lot of good pods, but that was probably our best best appearance for a big guest. Someone asked me today who my favorite interview was, and I said it's Patrick Willis. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, we are trying to get. One more guest podcast. on. Oh, <laughs> well, we're trying to get we're trying to get a guest on on Thursday. Somebody oh. you guys may or may not have heard of. We'll see. I don't want to oh. jinx it because we haven't gotten the confirmation yet. He's uh, it's a he. I guess that's the only spoiler hint alert. It's not Nick Wagner. <laughs> it's not Nick Wagner. Although he's he's due. He hasn't made an appearance since, we've, since we've since we've come on the YouTube channel yet. So. He hasn't been on in literal days. Did he come up? Well, he hasn't been on YouTube yet, has he? No, he has not. Yeah, so we got to get Nick on. Now that he knows the importance of looking dope, I think we can yeah. get him. If Nick can look dope on SportsCenter, he can absolutely look dope on our YouTube channel. Anyway. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Preview pod for the Browns game will be live streamed Thursday night. Keep a look out for that. It will be up on the podcast feed Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, peace, everybody. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.